Hello there, so I'm back with my next WrestleMania review. It's a WrestleMania 18. Show kicks off for the second year in a row with William Regal in an Intercontinental title match, but this time he's defending the title against the RVD. RVD wins. Solid enough way to start the show. RVD had came over during the Invasion Angle in the summer of 2001. Uh, got really popular, so this was a perfect way of crowning him with the IC title on the biggest stage. Nice uh, feel-good moment for the crowd to start the show with, so yeah, in the perfect place. Up next, the European title, DDP versus uh, Christian. Match was okay, DDP wins. Unfortunately, what they were doing with Christian at this time, I just hated. They were always, before this, they were having him on all, all these losing streaks and throwing temper tantrums and things like that. I was just sort of like, it was such a waste of talent. You could sort of see Vince was never hiring the guy or whatever. Uh, so, whatever. It is what it is. Up next, you've got uh, Maven versus Goldust for the hardcore title. Completely forgot this even happened. And then Spike Dudley ends up winning it. It's completely forgettable. There you go. Uh, up next, though, Kurt Angle versus Kane. You can almost tell here this is when they had no idea what to do with these two guys. It was almost like everyone else was busy, so they just took two, put two big names together. And it was fine. It was actually quite a good little match. Kurt Angle wins, so he keeps his WrestleMania winning streak going. Unfortunately, again, he's lower down the, the totem pole at this point in time. However, he would get his crowning moment next year. I would say that. They could easily put him in the, the as a triple threat in the WWE title match since they had him beat Triple H in a... Went at no way out in a match when the the Royal Rumble winner's title shot was put up in the line, and then it just had Triple H beat him back, so that was kind of pointless. But whatever, at least it gave Angle and Kane a quasi high profile singles match here. So whatever it is, what it is. Up next, Undertaker versus Ric Flair, no disqualification. This is where the show really gets going. Of course, Ric Flair had just came in just after Survivor Series and he had his first match back at Royal Rumble 2001, sorry, 2002 with Vince McMahon, which was great. And this was great too. Tremendous match, really entertaining. They still weren't making a big deal about the streak at this point in time. It was kind of just getting mentioned in passing. Like, Jerry we go, oh my God, Undertaker's never lost a WrestleMania there, King. So I was, but I was never really part of the story or anything. But you know what, Undertaker and Flair, they put on a great show here. Really loved it. Uh, up next, Edge and Booker T. <laughs> Apparently, they were feuding. I remember about this. They were feuding because Edge got a shampoo commercial and Booker T was jealous. And in fact, I think somebody in the crowd has a sign up saying they're feuding over shampoo. <laughs> yeah, good point. But uh, the match is okay. It's not bad. I mean, it's too absolute. You would expect better, but it's because it's two absolute legends of the business here. But, you know, not their fault. They're only given a few minutes and a shit storyline. So, you know, whatever. They do what they can with it. But not the best. So, anyway, here's an odd one. You come to it and you see Stone Cold versus Scott Hall. Yep, Stone Cold in the mid-card of a WrestleMania. After years of being used to seeing him holding the title aloft at the end of the show, he's in the mid-card here, which is very odd to see. But, you know, it's against an NWO member. So, you know, is what it is. It's an enjoyable match. It's very entertaining. It, it's kind of a sort of, you know, quasi-handicap match in a way because, like, Kevin Ashley gets involved when the referee's down, but Stone Cold overcomes the odds and wins, thus making Nash and Hall look pretty shit. I mean, the match is good, don't get me wrong, but it does make Nash and Hall look kind of shit. So, there you go. Especially with what comes later on in the night. So, we'll, we'll get to that soon, but, yeah... You know, it's good, but it's not great, but it is what it is. And then, of course, Stone Cold apparently wouldn't 
Stone Cold and Hogan wouldn't job for each other, so Stone Cold, and he couldn't really keep always putting Stone Cold in the title picture, so, you know, he had to make do with this. And then he took his ball home and went home a few months later, but there you go, 2002 Stone Cold is not one that's vintagely remembered, and that's about the time when he kept doing the what, what, what chance all the time, so, and then of course that's became an absolute albatross around the neck of everything since then. Still, up next you've got the four four way tag team title match. So <laughs> Billy and Chuck are higher on the card than Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> so there you have it. And yeah, and Billy and Chuck end up winning. And they were quite an entertaining little team, I'll be honest. And had the groovy wee song. You look so good to me. Great little tune there. And of course you've got Rico who looks like Johnny Gargano, except that Rico is probably built as more believable and you could believe that Rico could kick your ass more than Johnny Gargano could. So there you go. Kind of a nothing match here. Uh, but of course as well you've got Stacey Kubler's with the Dudleys here and she looked amazing as always. So there you have it. And then we come to Icon versus Icon. When people throw about the term dream match far too often, to me, dream match is generation versus generation, something that you think you're never, ever going to see. Because what you see nowadays is somebody says, well, so-and-so in NXT versus so-and-so in SmackDown is a dream match. It's like, is it really? I mean, chances are you're going to see it at some point. So it's not that unbelievable that you have to dream about it. But did anyone really think they would ever see Rock versus Hulk Hogan? No. In the late 90s, no. Especially in the Monday Night Wars and everyone, no, you never thought you'd see this again at any time. But it was incredible. It was it was everything it needed to be because when you see the two of them like standing there and, the, and then the atmosphere, it's everything about it. Wrestling is about so much more than moves. And this encapsulated it. It was the atmosphere. It was the crowd. It was everything. It was the anticipation. The build-up was incredible of this match as well. And then when they went out, and the match itself is great. People say, oh, it's not a great wrestling match. It actually is. It's thoroughly entertaining for what it is. It doesn't need to be a great moveset bonanza, but it's thoroughly entertaining for what it is. It's absolutely brilliant. It just flies by while at the time we're watching it. You're invested in the match. Every time I watch this match, and I've watched this match multiple times, you're still sucked into the moment. It's so good. It is so great. And of course, The Rock ends up winning and the right guy wins. It does tell you something though. Hogan wouldn't want to job for Austin, but he jobbed for The Rock. Not just once, but twice actually. Because of course, there was No Way Out 2003 as well. So, tells you something. Maybe tells you something about old Stone Cold there. But there you go, I digress. But... This this was magical. This was brilliant. This was this is a match that you must see. one of the all time greats of WrestleMania and any or any other time. This was like outstanding. Of course, they're celebrating at the end and Hogan's Hogan's a face at the end of this as well. Turns back face. It does kind of make the NWO look like shit because they've lost both matches. But then again, that's probably Vince just given the whole. Well, I wasn't part of the NWO there, pal. And of course, once Hogan left the NWO, they had a whole load of shit where they like, put X back in it and things. So, yeah, it didn't really work out. But this was magical. This When I talk about WrestleMania not being special anymore, as I rec- did my recording yesterday, 
things like this are what make WrestleMania special. Just amazing, just incredible. And of course, nowadays you've basically got like Rhea Ripley. I forgot to mention Rhea Ripley. Two years in a row, Rhea Ripley's now on WrestleMania, but hasn't drawn a dime. Okay, whatever. And what's what's her story? She goes out and goes, I want a title shot. Like, Shut up, you clit dick bitch. Seriously. If you get Boy George's crying game, they'll get the rights to Boy George's crying game and make that her entrance music. I know all there is to know about the crying game. Anyway, I digress. But there you have it, Rock Hogan, absolutely magical. Nothing could follow this. But instead, they go out and have the Divas title after this, or the women's title after this. It was like it was Lita, Jazz, and Trish. Uh, triple threat match. The match is actually not bad at all. They're in a terrible spot here. Because how, how the hell do you follow this? The answer is you don't. But there you go. They go out and the uh, Jazz wins. Yeah, whatever. Fine for what it is. And of course you come to the official main event. Hmm. Triple H versus Chris Jericho for the Undisputed title. Now the only good thing about this main event is Jericho at least got to main event at WrestleMania. So some good came of it. But this had no business main event. However, I will say this, it's a really entertaining match. People shit on this match, I think, unfairly, because they think, because they're, they're right in what they say, it should, had no business main event, but it's not a bad match. It actually is a really, really entertaining match. Probably maybe the third best match of the night, after Rock Hogan being the best, and then I'd say probably maybe Taker and Flair in second place, but this is actually really entertaining. You know what, Triple H winning the Rumble in 2002 was the right call, coming back from injury, absolutely the right call. I got that amazing response as well at Madison Square Garden and Rock the Roy came back. So it was, of course, it was the right call. And having to win the title and everything is the right call. But there's no way this should have been in the main event spot. No way, because nothing could follow Rock Hogan. Nothing. And then this is put on in its place. So, and then, of course, you could actually see the Triple H influence starting here. Apparently, the stories where he was going about saying, Well, you know, the WWE title should always go on last. <laughs> Which, if the story's right, and if it's the right match and the right two people in it, then absolutely it should. Fundamentally, a lot of the time it should, but not in this case. Definitely not in this case. And, you know... Oh, well, it was just a, a, the early example of Triple H starting to get his way and things that don't make any sense starting to happen. Mm -hmm. You could see it even back 19 years ago. It was happening back then. But there you have it. So, as an overhaul, this WrestleMania is good. I actually don't think it's a great WrestleMania from top to bottom because there's too much filler on it. There's nothing egregiously bad on it it's just a lot of sort of filler there's quite a lot of filler with a lot of good matches as well but and of course the one undisputed unforgettable classic which makes this definitely a wrestlemania worth watching not one of the best all-time wrestlemanias but it does feature one of the best all-time wrestlemania moments and matches that will never be forgotten so there you have it WrestleMania 18 is so most definitely a thumbs up, definitely worth watching if you've never seen it right the way through. And of course, Rock Hogan, you have to watch that. So uh, the next WrestleMania review I'll be doing is WrestleMania 19. Look forward to that. So there you go. Thank you ever so much for listening and goodbye.